Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. Hey, I know he uh, earlier said turn and say hi to somebody, but if you're with family, just look at him right now and say, I'm so thankful that I'm with you right now, and just tell him you love him and give him a hug and a kiss. And <clears throat> Even if you don't mean it, just say it, all right? Just... You know, because of my age, uh, because I am now in my more senior years, I get a lot of harassment around here uh, at the office, you know, when we're working during the week about, you know, if I maybe mishear something or I don't remember something properly, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, so they torment me about it uh, mercilessly, really. And the irony in all that is, is that on a very regular basis, I'll hear, I'll see one of them mishear something, or, I mean, people that are half my age, could be my kids, they'll either mishear something, or they won't remember something, and I remember it, and everybody else remembers with me, and I'm like, see, see, see. But when you're younger, it's like, ah, I just misheard it, you know, whatever, ah, it's no big deal. But when you're my age, and you forget something, or you mishear something, it's like, yep, dementia is setting in now, and he's probably ready for adult diapers, you know, this is just the way it's going. And I see that happen, and it's, it's crazy because it's just like, it happens, the trouble is, and it happens to everybody, it, it does, even not because of age, just we mishear stuff sometimes. I, I saw a cartoon that I thought was great, it says, I, I think you need a hearing test, and he says, why the heck do I need a hairy chest? You know, this is, <laughs> now that, that may be a hair, I don't think this is either not working or you want to make sure we get this uh, resolved, please, thanks guys. Um, but th- th- it ha- there we go. <laughs> They brought it up. All right. Yay. Whatever happened there. And it happens like, like not necessarily because your hearing is bad, but because you are not on the same wavelength. So my, my daughter, Beth, uh, she's telling me this story. She had, they, their, their family had gone to a diner and uh, she is uh, with our four-year-old granddaughter. Florence is there with them and her sisters. And, and so Beth says to Florence, she said, okay, well, here's the kids menu. I'll read to you what's on the kids menu. And so she started reading like from the top. She said, they have chicken nuggets. And Florence said, yum, yes, 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 like that. And she said, and they have macaroni and cheese. Yes, she said, yes. And they have pancakes. Yes, she said. And they have spaghetti. Yes, she said. And then she held up her hand and said, but I think that should be enough. See, she was thinking... She was at a buffet for everything there. It was all coming her. She was showing restraint. And Beth was like, you can pick one thing. But that happens. I mean, it happens all the time. It's like we just, you know, it's, it, we just don't hear something. And then here's the part we don't like to admit. When you mishear something, we don't like to admit that we misheard it. We have a knee-jerk response to blame the other person. Why don't you speak up? You know, why are you always talking and confusing? Why are you mumbling? What is wrong with you? And we blame it on the other person, even though a lot of times it's not their fault. I heard heard a story about a a husband. He thought his wife was maybe starting to have some hearing problems. He didn't know what the problem was, but it seemed like she wasn't hearing well. And so one evening she's sitting in her chair, and he is behind her. She's looking away from him, and he's back a ways. And so he says, I'm going to see how we're hearing is. We'll just do this as a test. So he says kind of softly, honey, can you hear me? No response. It's like... Mm-hmm. She's got a hearing problem. So he takes a couple steps forward, and he says softly again, Honey, can you hear me? No response. He's like, Oh, this is worse than I thought. Takes another couple steps forward. He's right behind her chair. He says, Honey, can you hear me? She said for the third time, Yes. (laughs) 
That is a classic thing right there, isn't it? It's classic because it's like, it's not my fault, it's your fault. He thought she had the hearing problem. He's the one with the hearing problem. And we do this with people. And I'll tell you where we especially do with it. And that's what we've been talking about in this series called The Voice. We do this with, well, with God. It's like if we feel like we haven't heard God speak to us, then it must be that God's not speaking. Or maybe God's just being silent at this time. And then some people, and I've shared this, some people believe that there is no God because they, they want to hear him speak, they say, but he's never spoken to him. So they assume that he must not exist based on that alone. And we usually think, this is what we do, we think it's a God thing. But in this series that we've been in, we've been contending that really, most often, it's not a God thing, it's an us thing. We are contending that God is speaking, and God is speaking on a very regular, very consistent basis. The issue is not, is God speaking? The issue is, are we what? Are we listening? Are we listening for the voice of God? Are we really listening to hear what he has to say? Now, in this series, we've been talking about a a lot of different things. We start out by talking about how important it is to hear the voice of God and what that means to us. We talked about, Joel talked about a lot of distractions that can come into our lives. Last weekend, if you didn't hear the talk, you you should listen to the podcast. Uh, Matt, who leads our youth ministry here at TVC, all of our our, our entire uh, church, he spoke about the many different ways that God speaks to us. Really good stuff. And today, I want to zero in on like uh, just really a very specific thing. I want to talk about things that can inhibit our hearing. Things that can cause hearing loss or a problem with hearing in our lives. And uh, the truth is, and you, because this can happen, you can be... Sp- God could be speaking right to you. He could be actually speaking right to you, and you hear something, but you don't know it's God. You don't know that God's speaking to you. This happens in people's lives actually all the time. There's a great Old Testament story of this with a young boy whose name is Samuel. Samuel is staying in the temple. He's kind of like in training to to grow into being a a prophet, and, and he's staying there with the prophet Eli, and so Samuel one night is in bed, and some of you know this story, God wanted to speak to Samuel, so God called his name. He said, Samuel, and Samuel heard his voice spoken. He heard the audible voice, but he assumed that it was the prophet in the other room named Eli, and so he jumped up out of bed. He went into the other room, and he said, here I am, Eli. What do you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, and so he goes back to bed, and he lays down, and God calls him again, Samuel, and Samuel thinks, oh my gosh, you know, he, Eli's old, you know, it's dementia probably, whatever. And so he gets up, he goes back into the room, and he says, here I am, what did you want? And by this time, they're both frustrated. He probably woke Eli up maybe a second time, and Eli says, I did not call you, go back to bed. And so he goes back into his room, God calls him a third time. He's like, oh my gosh. So he gets up, he goes into Eli's room, and he says, here I am. But this time, this time Eli goes, okay. There's something more going on here. We'll pick up the story there. And this is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, this is what you say. He says, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, he laid down in his place, and then the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is 
is listening. And then God began to speak to him, and then at that point, he began to hear. It was only when he began to listen for God that he began to hear the, began to hear the voice of God. See, Samuel, he had no hearing problem when it came to his physical ears. His problem was that he was listening, but not listening for God to speak. And so he thought it was somebody talking. He thought it was Eli. He missed that it was God. And until he changed, until he said, Lord, I want to hear you speak. I am listening. He did not hear him. Now, in this series, the first weekend when I started talking about this four weeks ago, I made the contention. This is what I said. I said, I think the single greatest key to hearing God is unbelievably simple. In fact, it's so simple that most of us miss it. It's a real simple thing. It is simply intentionality. That we are intentional about listening for God. That we say to him with some kind of consistency in our lives, speak, for your servant is listening. Do you do that? Because I'm of the conviction that God may actually call your name and you hear something, but you don't realize it's God. This happens all the time. People will speak and we think they're speaking and we're right, but then God speaks and we think people are speaking and we're wrong. We miss God. But we need to hear his voice. We do need to hear his voice. But let's just say that you are doing that. Let's just say that you are being intentional. You're saying, God, I want to hear from you, and you're even doing it regularly. Can there still be things that inhibit our hearing God? And the answer to that question, of course, is yes. And there are a lot of different things we could talk about. But what I want to zero in on today is something that can inhibit our hearing from God in a dramatic way. It's what I call other voices. Because in order to hear God, and I think most of you know this, in order to do good listening to anybody, you have to filter voices, right? We had three granddaughters at our house last night. I said to my wife, how does it get this loud? How is that humanly possible? I was trying to talk to her. I could not even hear her. And they were just doing their normal thing. This is how it works, is that we have to learn how to filter so that we can actually hear the voice of God. And some of the voices that surround you, and you are surrounded by voices, they're everywhere around you. And some of those voices that surround you, listen to me, they're voices that you have to be very, very, very careful of when it comes to listening. Because spiritual hearing loss can come through, and this is an obvious thing, but I want you thinking about this, listening to the wrong voices. To the wrong voices. I don't want you to miss this. Now, everybody knows, I mean, all of us know this, that there are wrong voices in the world, wrong for us, voices that we should not listen to. And we all know this because unless you're very young, you've had an experience with that, where you have listened to voices and you wish you'd never listened to them. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about? Like if I did a survey right now, if you're older than a teenager, how many of you would say that you listened to some voices of friends and did some very stupid things when you were a kid or a teenager, almost every hand would go up. Because that's what happens. There are wrong voices in the world. We were hanging out with the wrong people or, or they said the wrong thing. We did something stupid together. Sometimes it's listening to a, a smooth-talking car salesman, and no offense to any car salesmen that are uh, in the service. But sometimes they're like, 
hey, 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 you know, you can get this car and it's way above your, your pay level, what you can afford, but I can get you financing for it. So you get the financing and then you get it and the two years later you regret deeply that you did because you owe on it for another three years and it's, it's worth less than what you owe on the car and it kills you because you listen to a wrong voice. But here's what you got to hear about this. If you listen to the wrong voices, it won't just hurt you financially or emotionally or even physically. It can inhibit you from hearing from God. You can say, I want to hear from you, God, but because you're listening to other voices that are damaging you, that can, that can hurt you, that can do wrong to you, listening to those wrong voices can inhibit you from hearing from God, your God connection, it can do damage to it. And I want to tell you as seriously as I know how, I just want you thinking about this. I, I, I wrote these down just because I, I just don't want you. Beware the voices that surround you. It's not just a lot of hubbub. It's not just this random voice speaking here and there. Listen, not all these voices are destructive, but some of them are. And you are to be discerning in your life. And you are to learn how to filter these things out because sometimes these voices that just seem like background noise seep in, get around, and they infect us in such a way that they do damage to us. Wrong voices that surround us. And I want to talk about three different kinds of voices that are wrong voices. The first one, of course, would be wrong human voices. I mean, you have human voices around you all the time. Most of you do pretty much nonstop. You've got people in your family, people that you work with, people on the TV, people on the radio, people, I mean, it's just people, people, human voices every, every single place you go. And what makes it so complicated about understanding what human voices are wrong is that the wrong human voices for you seldom come from a person that looks like the devil. They don't have a pointed tail and a pitchfork in their hand and little horns coming out of their head. Actually, they seem cool. They seem like a really nice person, and they seem interested in you. But what we don't understand sometimes is that unless we are discerning in our lives, voices can come in, and they influence us. They impact their influence sometimes. And, and see, this is the thing. It's not even necessarily that this is a bad person. It's that the direction they're going in is destructive for my soul. And so the influence comes into my life, and it does this damage. And see, if it's true that I can be influenced by the voices around me, then I have to be incredibly aware of those voices that can do damage. This is what Scripture says in and many of you know this one, 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. In other words, don't mistake this now. Bad company, what? Say it out loud. It corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, don't, don't misread this. Don't take this for less than it is. You listen to the wrong voices. It doesn't just make you do some stupid thing when you're a teenager. It will corrupt your soul. It will do damage to you. And I'll bet there's plenty of people that could stand up in this room right here or watching online and you could say, I can tell you about that. I can tell you about how I started with a group of friends and I hung out with those people. And what it did was it just did damage to my soul because those voices influence you. And they will corrupt your soul. They corrupt your character. 
I like this saying that I heard, I heard this a long time ago, but I so totally agree with it. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that is the power of influence. That is the power of other people's words when you listen to them. You show me your friends and I can show you what your future is going to look like because that is the direction you are going in. Don't miss this. Don't miss the power of influence that people have in your life. And some of you who are listening to this talk right now, this is why you're here this weekend. It's why you're listening to this talk. Actually, you've already been thinking about somebody. When I started talking about this, you were already thinking about somebody, and you were thinking, uh, and I want you to hear me, because I think that there are some people sitting in this room, people listening to this talk, and you, you need to hear the message of God. Stop listening to that person. Stop. And you say, well, what person are you talking about? If you're saying that, then, then you don't need to hear this, but some of you need to hear this because you're already thinking of that person. Now, it may be your party people. It may be this group that you hang out with, your peeps that you, that you have so much fun with, and you're like, I don't want to stop listening to them. I, like, I, I have fun with them. Maybe it's your boyfriend or your f- girlfriend, and you're hanging with them all the time, and mostly it's good, but something's twitchy on the inside of you because you know that when you're with them, you find yourself doing things and behaving in ways that are not who you want to be, and you realize that it is corrupting your soul, but you keep saying, well, it'll be be okay. It'll get better. Listen to me. I'm speaking to you, and I hope you can hear this because this is God speaking to some people right now. It will not get better. Some voices you just have to stop listening to because they corrupt your soul. That doesn't mean you're condemning them to hell. It doesn't mean you're acting holier than thou. It means that that voice is doing damage in your life. And you think it'll be okay and you want to hang out with them because they're cool and it's fun and all this stuff. But you are going in a place that you do not want to go and you're becoming a person that you do not want to be. Be careful with this. I know some of you are saying, do I just abandon every negative voice in my life? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying the guy, because some of you are hearing this right now and you're going, I'm thinking of the guy at work that I already kind of hated. And he's always, so often he's negative. And I think I just heard God speak to me to never talk to him again. I can just ignore him completely. My pastor told me to ignore you. Now, don't mishear what I'm saying. Because what I'm not communicating is is that every negative voice, you just shut them down. I'm not talking about people that might say something that doesn't make you feel good, so, oh, well, they're corrupting my soul. No, I'm talking about people that have influence in your life as they speak, and they corrupt your character, your soul. And sometimes you simply have to say, I cannot listen to this voice anymore. The crack addict cannot hang out with the crack dealer. Would you agree with that? And sometimes there are voices where we have to say, I cannot continue to listen to this voice because every time I do, it's, it's influencing me in a way that I'm becoming who I don't want to be. It is corrupting my soul. Now, I hope you can hear this. Because it's not just a matter of going, I'm not going to listen to that person anymore. Because often we don't even have the power to stop that. We don't have the power to filter that voice out. In order to do that effectively, as much as you need to say no to a voice that is corrupting your soul, you need to understand to be able to do that well, 
you have to make sure that you're regularly being infused, on the other hand, with right voices in your life, voices that speak truth, voices that speak encouragement, voices that know the importance of God in your life, voices that will call you to higher ground and live as you were meant to live. You need to have those voices regularly infused in your life if you're going to be able to say no to the voices that are corrupting to your soul. This is why I'm an unashamed advocate, even though I'm a pastor and, and I seem to be in, in, in some ways conflicted because I have you know, this conflict of interest in that it's a pastor. I get, yeah, I get paid to do this, and it's awesome, by the way, I just want to say. But I'm an unashamed advocate that you need to be a part of a church family. I'm not saying it has to be this church, but I think you need to be a part of a church family, and I think you need to be there consistently. Not just once in a while when it's convenient, not just the occasional time. I think you need to be there consistently. I think you need that because most of the other voices in the world are pushing you away from hearing about God and thinking about God and following him. And if you are a Christ follower, I think you need to be a part of a church family and be there consistently. And I know that's not going over big, but I'm an advocate of it. I really believe in it. And I believe, number two, that you ought to be a part of a life group, a more intimate, small group of people where you provoke and challenge each other, where you have a chance to speak and ask questions and deal with things that are struggling or you're frustrated with, and, and people can respond. Because it's in places like church, it's in places like small group, where you experience the voices that call you to higher ground, that challenge you to think about how you're living your life, that don't corrupt your soul, they help your soul. See, if you're a student, listen to me, students, you go to school all day long and everything you hear from most of the other kids is pushing you away from God. You need to be a part of something like youth ministry at this church, which is called Fusion. You need to be part of something like that because everything pulls you away towards corrupting your soul. The, The reason I think we get so messed up on this is that I think that Somehow we assume, and this is, this is kind of cultural in America, we think that the best voices for us are the ones that always make us feel good. And you couldn't be more wrong. You could not be more wrong. The best voices for you are not always those that make you feel good. The best voices for you are the voices that will speak what you need to hear. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you, what? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Not just what you want to hear, but the truth. And as someone has said, sometimes the truth will set you free, but it might make you miserable first, because often the truth that you need to hear is not the truth you want to hear. That was really good preaching right there. You missed it. But I think you know I'm right. That sounds arrogant, but that it's, it's just true. The truth you need to hear is often not the truth that you want to hear. Listen, I think, I, 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 let, let me tell you what a good friend will tell you. A good friend will tell you what you need to hear as opposed to what you want to hear. This is powerful. A good friend will tell you that even if it's painful and it feels like a wound. 
A good friend will tell you the truth you need to hear that you don't want to hear, even if it's painful and feels like a wound, even if it causes a little disruption in the relationship and, and suddenly they realize that you're kind of like, I don't know if I even want to be your friend because I don't know if I want to be around you because you, you, would, you would challenge me in this way, you would say this. But they love that person enough and they have enough integrity that they will tell them not just what they want to hear, they will tell them what they need to hear. They will speak the truth. And I think one of the reasons we're so screwed up is because we just try to surround ourselves. It's all about, it's so strong culturally, it's all about feel good, feel good, feel good. I just want to feel good, I want to feel good. I, I, I just, feeling good is everything to us. And the truth is sometimes people are like, I, when I'm around her or him, you know, I think she's the one, I think he's the one. And I'll tell you why. Because every time I'm with him, I feel so good. Can I just lovingly say to you that that is a horrible reason for that person to be the one? Because any married person will tell you that's not going to last. And you think I'm being sarcastic. I am not. In real life, the person that loves you deeply and cares about you and is committed to you doesn't always make you feel good. And sometimes they even make you feel bad because they say the truth you don't want to hear but that you need to hear. You need that in your life. I need that in my life. And sometimes when it comes, honestly, it feels like a wound. Sometimes the very thing I need to hear, I so don't want to hear it that when someone actually says it to me that loves me enough and has enough character and courage and integrity to tell me what I need to hear, I, I'm, I'm upset because it feels like a wound. But I want you to look at what Scripture is so powerful. This is Proverbs 27, 6. It says, wounds from a friend can be trusted which sounds actually paradoxical. Why would a friend wound you? Because you need it. Because there are times in your life that you have something going on that you need someone to speak the truth to you about that you don't want to hear. And so it comes as a wound. But those wounds can be trusted. Whereas it says an enemy just multiplies kisses the people that are always telling you what, what you want to hear that make you feel good? You beware those voices. You beware those voices. I was with a friend a while back. We were hanging out. And I was talking about something going on in my life. And he began to give me an alternate perspective that he felt like I needed to consider strongly, I needed to think about. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I was super angry at him. I didn't say it. I didn't say, like, I'm so angry at you. I was just, you know, kind of half smiling, but on the inside going, who do you think you are? Anybody ever felt that way? Some of you have already felt that way in this talk about me, all right? I get that. We all feel that way sometimes. And I was so angry with him. I, I mean, I was seething. I felt like he had no right to tell me what he thought would be a better perspective for me. And I was frustrated and I was angry. And I remember I never said to him, I'm angry, but I finally said, I got to get going. And so I left and I was fuming about this and I was, you know, just working it over and thinking about all that he had said to me. And it took a little time, but over a period of time, something down on the inside of me began to rise up and I realized that what he was saying to me was the exact thing I needed to hear. And that made me even madder at him. Because that made him right and me wrong, and that sucks. 
It probably took me a 24-hour period. But I came full circle to realize that he was a good enough friend that he was going to speak what he knew I needed to hear but did not want to hear. And I thank God for a friend like that. Because, see, my default mode is just to hear what I want to hear. That's what, and the Bible talks about this. It talks about people will be like this. It says, you know, the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them great numbers of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. You tell me I'm doing good. You tell me I feel I'm all right. You tell me I'm good enough. You tell me everything. See, and this is kind of the culture we live in, is that we always have to just praise people and say nice things to them. We can never be honest and say, I think you need to consider something here. But a real friend does that. A real friend sometimes will give you what feels like a wound. And we need to hear the truth. Do you have people in your life like that? Do you have people in your life like that that will speak the truth to you, what you need to hear? I'm not saying always discouraging things, but I'm saying they will tell you when it needs to happen. They'll tell you what you need to hear. Do you have people in your life like that? And I know all the husbands right now are going, yes, and she's sitting right next to me. She's always... The problem there is, is that sometimes we don't listen as well to that person that we're married to We don't hear them as well. And I actually think we need more than that. So I'm going to stop just a little time out one more time. Do you have anybody in your life who will do that for you? Anybody who loves you enough, who cares enough about you, who will speak the truth to you even when you do not want to hear it? Now, I understand that you can't shut out every wrong voice. But you can make sure that you have voices that bring life and truth and hope into your heart. Voices that don't just tell you what you want to hear, but tell you the whole truth. And they will encourage you, and they will lift you up, and they will call you to higher ground. But they will not just say what your itching ears want to hear. Beware wrong human voices. Here's another one. Beware wrong spiritual voices. Now, I know some of you right now are going, well, dude, that's not a problem because I don't hear ghosts or spirits or anything like that. Actually, you do hear spiritual voices. And I know you don't think you do, but every time you have that tug of war, that battle on the inside between what you know is right and what you think is, is, is wrong and what you feel like you shouldn't do, but, but over here is like, I, I, do this, do this. Every time you have this battle on the inside of you between good and bad, you actually have spiritual warfare going. Now, now Paul writes about this and, and actually describes how many of us have felt. He, he writes in Romans 7, verse 15, he says, I don't understand what I do. He said, what I want to do, I don't do, but what I hate, I do. Anybody relate to that? Of course you do. We all do that. I know what I, know what I shouldn't do, but I find myself doing that stinking thing anyhow that I, that I, I shouldn't do, that I hate, I, and I, I hate this. And then he goes down, and a few verses, and he starts to describe exactly what's happening when this is going on. This is what he says. He says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good. Now, I underline this because I want you to see this. Evil, kind of referring to it as something outside, evil is right there what? 
with me. It's right there with me. And in my inner being, he says, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. Now, don't miss this because it's so powerful. There is an ongoing spiritual war. I understand some of you are not even sure if you believe there's a God, so this, you think this is all crazy. But for followers of Christ, Jesus actually believed this. There are voices of darkness. There are demonic spirits. There are evil spirits that will speak at you and to you, and they will come at you trying to speak in a way that will bring destruction in your life. And again, just like it is with humans in a way, these voices never sound like you think a demon's voice should sound. It's like when they speak into your heart, it's not like, I am the devil and I'm come to destroy. It doesn't work like that. It's actually a very smooth talking voice. It sounds really good, but it is full of lies. Full of lies. Jesus, talking about Satan, said this. He said, when he speaks, Satan, his native language, that's his, when he lies, rather, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. He's a liar and the father of lies. Listen to me. There are spiritual voices that come in, and this happens all the time, and they sound so good. Paul wrote about this. He said, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It comes, it sounds good. And everybody that I'm talking to has experienced this where you go, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, it feels so good to let this happen right now, do this. And then there's another part of you going, that's damaging your soul. And you know it is. But that other voice is so convincing and so mellow when it comes in and tells you it'll be all right masquerades as an angel do not underestimate the fact that spiritual voices are speaking to you as well as human voices and i believe actually that on the inside we know when this happens because when we have this war between right and wrong this struggle on the inside of us there are spiritual voices speaking in there and as followers of Jesus, we know something's not just right. But this is what we too often do, and I've been way guilty of this, is we just kind of plot along, and we do not deal with it. And so that voice continues to speak in our ear until eventually it influences and brings corruption into our soul. And I've seen this happen, honestly, in my own life too many times where I've just missed it. But what we should be doing is when those spiritual voices are speaking into our our, our lives and coming into our head and telling us, you know, this is fine, this is fine. You're having that. Well, you need to be aware that there are spiritual voices and you need to come against them. You know, Jesus actually said this about his followers. He said, in my name, they will drive out demons. Mark chapter 16. He said, they'll drive them out. You have been given the name of Jesus. And, and, and this is what I've learned in my life. And, and I want you to hear this because some of you, you're here this weekend to hear this thing. There are times in my life when I feel so tempted and so, you know, maybe I'm angry about something or I have this attitude about whatever it is and there's this overwhelming push, this pressure, this, it would feel so good if you just blew up and let it out and you would feel better afterwards and, and there's this push and push and push and if I am unaware that it's not just me fighting me, that there is spiritual component here, then I don't come against the enemy. But those times when I've come aware of that, when I've said, no, no, this is not just a physical or a mental or emotional war. This is spiritual too. And when I just simply on the inside say, I come against you, enemy, in Jesus' name. Just use Jesus' name. I'm telling you, I have experienced this so many times where it's almost an immediate relief because you have been given the power to drive out evil spirits in Jesus' name. 
And I think sometimes we just, we, we live sort of oblivious to this truth, but we need it in our lives. We need it in our lives. Do not miss this. This is, it, I, I mean, it's huge. And some of you need to hear, this is what happens. See, this is how the devil works. It just don't miss this. He tempts you. He pushes you. Now, he doesn't make you do anything. You can't say, well, the devil made me do it. It doesn't work, all right? That doesn't work. You choose it. And you choose actually not to come against him. And you choose to listen to him. But he comes there and he's pushing. And he's got this voice and it just speaks and it speaks and it speaks into your life. And then eventually you kind of go with it and you roll with it. And then you fall into the sin. And then the sin brings some kind of destruction. And then you're down on your back because you've fallen. You've failed in some area. And everybody knows that feeling. And then this is what the enemy does. He who spoke with such a soothing, wondrous voice on the temptation side now comes and puts his foot on your throat and says... You are a worthless piece of garbage and never going to be worthy of God's love. Now listen to me. Do not listen to that voice. God loves you where you are as you are. He does not love your sin and he calls you to higher ground. But you can do nothing to move away from God's love because the Bible tells us God is love. He is love. And there is a huge difference between godly conviction, which is God speaking to you saying, there's a better way, don't walk in that path, don't go there, and evil condemnation, which says you are worthless. And if God finds you precious and valuable and loves you, then you are not worthless. Amen? That doesn't mean everything you do is perfect. It doesn't mean you should keep on sinning. But it does mean that you don't have to listen to the voice of the enemy come against that voice in Jesus' name. This is so powerful. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to put Scripture in your heart. This is what the psalmist writes. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You put Scripture down into your life. You make Scripture a consistent part of your life. You read from the Bible. This is a huge thing. And this is why we encourage you to be part of something like the Explore God group that we have, because it helps you start with a biblical foundation in your life. If you're new to Christianity, you need something like that, because Scripture is a foundation. We'll talk about that more just in a second, so beware of human voices. Beware of spiritual voices. I want to give you one more, and I think this one's really critical. Beware of wrong cultural voices. The simplest way I can say this is, is that God has never ruled by popular opinion. God doesn't think okay, I'll see what's hot among everybody, what's really cool, what is the thing, and then we'll just make that the thing. See, the voice of popular opinion is the voice of culture. And what that is, is that is like a pendulum, and it swings in massive different directions at times, depending on what the culture is seeing as right or appropriate. And you have to be beware the voice of culture, because culture does not reflect necessarily what God says is right or wrong. In fact, if you think about the culture we live in today, the culture we live in today tells us to elevate and, and run after stuff and possessions and, and bring it all in. And the more we have, the better we are and the more successful we are. The culture we live in today tells us there's really no such thing as an absolute moral. It's what's appropriate for you, what we deem as a society is right and wrong and all that. And there's really no foundation in that. And that's the culture that we live in. And you say, yeah, that's right, and I hate it. But what you need to know is you are vastly formed by the culture you live in because most of the voices in your life are coming from that culture. And again, that's why you need church. That's why you need small groups. And more than anything, can I just make an argument? You need to read Scripture on a regular basis. 
if you're a follower of Christ, hear me on this. You need this. And I know some people say, well, well, you know, it's just my life is so overwhelmed. You are not too busy for that. You are not. Because you're getting every other voice coming at you, pushing you away. You need God's voice. See, in the sea of chaos of our culture, where there's no real awareness or clarity on what's right or what's wrong because it's all, you know, kind of up to the individual, Scripture stands as a moral anchor and a base for us as human beings. And in effect, if you can't find it in Scripture, then God isn't speaking it. Beware of cultural voices. Put Scripture inside your heart. Now, I know some people say, well, how do I know, you know, when I read it, if I'm not interpreting it wrong or, how, you know, how, how, do, how does it work on all that? And I just tell people, you know, you say, sometimes I don't understand everything. That's okay. You don't have to understand everything. Bottom line is, it's real simple. Is you just, you read it and you trust God to speak to you. And then, and understand this now, you always interpret Scripture in light of Scripture. Very important to understand. You don't reach in, pull a single verse out, and go, oh, this is God's message to me, and take it out of context. What are the larger themes in Scripture? There is a God, that God loves us. He calls us to live as he calls us to live. He wants to help us. He is there. All those major things, we are to love one another. You take those, and then you look at every verse that seems confusing in any way, and you interpret it in light of the larger Scripture. It's like one guy heard about that, you know, the pastor told this story that, that um, this guy was unhappy in his marriage, so he had an affair, and, and finally it came out when he was busted, you know, and confronted. You know, he said, he said, it's okay, it's okay, no problem. God spoke to me. And they're like, God spoke to you? He said, yeah, he gave me a verse. He gave you a verse. Yep, what's the verse? And then he opened his Bible and showed him, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, I'm sorry. That's not what that means. So you interpret Scripture in light of Scripture. But you need to have it in your life. You need to beware the voices that are wrong. Human voices, spiritual voices, cultural voices. And you need to listen for God's voice in your life. Amen? Anybody? All right, that's good. Let's stand to our feet and uh, we'll close with prayer. We'll have people in front who'd love to pray with you uh, after the service if you need that. If you've never asked Christ in your life, you can do that at any time. You just ask him, come in, take charge of my life. So let me pray for you and then we'll be dismissed. We love you, God. Now help us as we take the stuff we've heard and process it in a way that we actually do something with it. Help us to beware the wrong voices, to resist them. And help us to hear your voice, that we might live with you and for you. We look forward to a great day. In Jesus' name.